We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to The Transformative Principle. I am your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. And I want to take a minute and just invite you to look at the possibility of coming up to Alaska and teaching or leading in a school or district up here. If you want to connect with me and figure out how you can make the transition up here, I'd be happy to talk to you. Right now, my superintendent position is open. So somebody who wants to make a change and make a real impact to the people of Kodiak, come on up and check that out. And there's always other opportunities. So please take a minute and connect with me and let's figure out how to get some great educators up here in Alaska. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I am excited to continue my conversation with Don Wetrick. You, uh, are definitely in for a treat today as we talk about innovation and how we can do that better in our schools. What I really like about this is that he talks about the stages of from innovation to entrepreneurship. And I think that is a key piece that is really powerful. So I hope you enjoy this. Thank you so much for listening to the transformative principle and please share this with somebody who you think would benefit from it. Somebody who is already innovative or needs to be innovative, share it. Let's make sure that we help our school system get better. You know, just the other day I was, I had to do an emergency sub for a teacher that whose sub didn't show up and it was a choir class, a girl's choir class. And my 10th grade choir teacher said, Jethro, it'd be better if you just mouth the word. So I'm woefully (laughs) unprepared for doing anything like that. And my emergency lesson plan for that was without anything from the teacher was to have them figure out what the best song ever was. And I figured they're all inquired. That should be interesting to them. You would not believe the resistance that I got from making that simple request. And they're like, well, what does it mean to be the best? Like, how do we know? And where do we go to like decide who says it's the best? I'm like, well, you decide what's the best. And they're like, can it be any song? And I said, no, it can only be the best song. And they're like, well, that's like, is this song okay? Is this school appropriate? And I was like, I don't know. You tell me. Is school appropriateness (laughs) a, a qualification of what you think the best song is? Anyway, just like this crazy thing that, was so difficult to get them to buy into the practice of just figuring out what the best song in the world 
was. And, you know, that shouldn't be that difficult. But even our kids understand that we are focused on standards and rubrics and things like that. How do you deal with with those things? And maybe you don't have any standards in your class, but, you know, in every other class, we have these standards of, you know, geography has, you need to know different political borders, whatever. I, I put the ownership onto their lap, right? So the way I used to, I'm doing air quotes, get away with this, because that was the first question I was asked. My first couple of years of doing this class, people were like, how are you getting away with this? And I said, and here is my little secret, is that I likened it to when I was a kid and I really wanted Atari 2600, right? And so around November, and I kept talking to my mom about hand-eye coordination, hand-eye coordination. It was, right, it was bogus probably. But I kept substantiating why I needed an Atari. Same thing. If a kid really wants to work on something, I'm telling them, all right, fine, substantiate it. Go through the standards, go through Common Core, go through the state of Indiana, whatever, and tell me how you're going to get away with doing this. And it was the difference between ownership and buy-in. I mean, they'll buy into it, but if they own it, they're like, and so they're going through and like, did you know that I'm actually knocking out this standard, this standard, this standard by working on this project? Great. List it. A, they know the standards now. And, and I, there's this joke that we play in a lot of schools, and, and I've got to give it to Noblesville. That they don't, they're not like this. But there's, you know, we put the standard up on the board. So when the principal comes in, like, oh, you're covering the standards. No, you put a stand, you put a number up on the board, and it means nothing to the kids. But you're doing it because we're being compliant, right? So all of a sudden, when they go, look, I really want to code this app. Great. What standard are you knocking out? They're like, they start looking up, and they tell me which ones. You know, career and college readiness or whatever. And so um, that is the way we kind of do what we do. Now, ironically enough, my principal now doesn't force us to do that because he's like, I, I see the value in it. You don't need to jump through that hoop. Some teachers that are just trying to do starting off with a genius hour 20% time or I really want an innovation class in every high school in America. But if they're doing it, that may be their golden ticket. That may be the way to get the superintendent or principal relaxed a little bit to say, you know, how, are, how is this class knocking out standards? How are we knocking out standards? We were knocking out standards of areas I didn't teach. And I thought it was wonderful. So, yeah, we, we little by little, that's kind of the way we convinced other people and got away with it. Yeah. And I love that example. That's the reality that I keep coming back to. We have a, a inquiry class at my school where it's a Eastern Hemisphere geography or history class. But the idea is for the kids to do their own thing, figure out their own standards and and do a lot of what you're talking about. But we're playing with it to see how they can make that happen for themselves. And as you can imagine, meeting some resistance where they have a specific group of standards they have to meet, and they don't know if they really have permission to really do whatever they want. So when, you know, in the first couple of weeks of school, when kids were building pyramids in Minecraft, they were kind of yeah. like looking over their shoulder, like, when am I going to be told this isn't okay anymore? You know? Yeah. 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 And, and I think that that's why, I, you know, even though I teach this high school course, I probably consult with and, and work more with elementaries now because if you're taking a long-term approach at this, you know that it's got to begin there. So if we have more, you know, first, second, third, fourth, fifth grade classes start to have this time built in the day, then school starts becoming more to what it was intended to do, you know, learning things. Not things that you have to learn, but also things that you want to learn, like you said, on like an inquiry based. So by the time they're in middle school, it won't seem like 
you won't get these reactions of them looking on your shoulder like, is it okay if I play Minecraft? You know, is this is it cool? Is he gonna bust me? You know, no, I want you to. I, I want you to try out things. I want you to deliberately not be successful. Because if you try something and you're good on your first try, it really wasn't hard. Now was it? So <laughs> once these conditions, their mindset gets right, and once their mindset's right, then then they're off and running. Then they're honestly really, really disruptive change agents. However, the negative side of this, and there is a negative. So there's two negatives. Number one, when you offer them this kind of environment, grades go down in other classes. I hate to admit it. Suddenly, they start seeing life on the other side and go, wait, 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 wait. Why do I have to spend this much time working on something that I don't like? And it causes a rift with other teachers. And and I don't, you know, and it's better now. But, you know, when I first started this, I, I was too stupid to see it. But it also... <laughs> creates, I hate to say this, it, it creates some monsters at times because the, the kids will get really full of themselves. And they're like so empowered <laughs> that they're like, you know, almost becoming presumptuous and and, and um, it can make things awkward for sure. But I would rather them go, hey, um, I'm a pretty big deal. You need to work with me over the, well, I'm nobody and no one will want to get back with me. I, I, I'd rather them err on the side of arrogance. Yeah, it's much better for them to say, I want to talk to Elon Musk than to say, uh, I want to like read on the internet about batteries. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. I'd rather have that problem. Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to changing students' mindsets about this, what are some of the things that you do to help? And when I'm talking about kids, I'm also talking about how do you change teachers' mindsets so that they're willing to give this time to their students also? Because they have an avalanche of of things that are coming down that they have to be focusing on as teachers? That answer was, I'll be honest, it's been harder than I thought. I this I hope this doesn't come across snarky, but it probably is. I can't hardly take the emotional keynote and 45 minutes of head nods and then nothing, right? Hey, kids should learn. Mm-hmm. Yep. Kids should innovate. Yep. We need to provide kids an opportunity to innovate. Yep. Man, that was a good keynote. What are you going to do about it? Oh, nothing. That was just a really good keynote. It really made me think. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> did, it, did it compel you to action? No. And I think where my calling and maybe my strength is, as I appear with a principal, um, is also convincing principals and superintendents. Because you have one of three scenarios. Scenario one, you have a bunch of teachers that want to change and the superintendent slash principal slash administration goes, uh-uh. Okay. You have superintendent, then you have scenario number two, where you have the rock star uh, principal or superintendent and the teachers are like, I'm just going to shut my door and do it the way I've always done it. Okay, that's equally as bad. And then you have situation number three. I mean, actually, there's more situations, but I'm just giving you the three most common. Then you have situation number three that you have pockets of teachers that want to do this and and, and a principal and superintendent, they go, yeah, give it a try. I think that those pockets of teachers are so important because they're going to pave the way and they're going to show that the water's fine and you can jump in. That's who I want to work with. And that's why we've been tirelessly collaborating with other teachers. That's why I do travel. That's why I do, you know, visits and stuff to other schools. Because uh, if you're a singleton, it's tough. You'll get 
so much uh, domestic abuse from within that it's, it's hard to, to achieve. But if you start finding three and four teachers within a building, you're like, hey, let's shake things up. Let's give this thing a try. Let's give 20% time a go. Um, start scaling it up. And then I think you can really, really change things. The other thing is that if you do have a reluctant superintendent or principal, be the Trojan horse. A lot of times you can go along quietly and do these things. And all of a sudden you showcase really great student work. And magically, magically, your superintendent and principal, hey, they supported it the whole time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. I was a big fan of this from the beginning. Uh, just unpack the, the the Trojan horse after you've had some great student success. That's been the method that's been uh, working for us anyway. I, although I have to say, again, where I'm at, I was brought here because they wanted an innovation program. And, and I am just sitting in the middle of awesomeness. And, and they allow me to be me. And they allow me to, you know, I've told them, like, what if this all blows up? And he's like, yeah, don't do it a second time. So we, right. we, we do a lot of experimental things here. Yeah. And I think that a lot of teachers assume that going off course with something like this could be a lot more detrimental than it actually is to them professionally. And I think the majority of principals are okay with teachers experimenting with things and trying new things and doing things differently. And for some reason, teachers are so afraid of of a consequence or losing their jobs or whatever, when the reality is that's likely just not going to happen. You may get called to task and may get reprimanded and you could be way off course, but you know, for my teachers, I would really just appreciate them doing it and then, you know, figuring out the logistics later, you know, the standards piece is a big one. The reality is, is kids can learn a ton of standards without much input from us. They can just figure them out on their own. They really can. And if they do that, then that's the thing that I'm tasked with ensuring is that kids are getting the education they need. And you know what? If you can tell me how the kids figured out what standards they were learning, I am right there with you. And it's a pretty powerful thing when kids can do that because then they're actually invested in it. Yeah, I think our last big challenge is to be hyper-transparent, right? If educators keep bemoaning that the coverage we get on the media is less than good, well, then shame on us for not pushing things out. There's a lot of awesome things going on in a lot of schools. And when we take to our own media outlets, we can start changing people's minds. But we can also start changing the culture around the whole building when all of a sudden you're a destination of things that are getting done. So we're really trying to set the table for sustainable change, uh, long-term change. And um, the <laughs> I know this is just cliche city, but you know the only risk that we're taking is not taking any risks. And um, yeah, I... I <laughs> I've been reprimanded before. Yeah, I've been told, why didn't you ask ahead of time? Why did you? Why are you asking for an apology? And I'm like, eh, you probably would have said no. So I wanted to do it. Uh, so sometimes I, can, <laughs> I frustrate my administration. But, um, but no matter what, we've always done what's right and what's good for kids. And when you're daring and you're bold like that, you create opportunities. And I think that you'll – I think you're pretty darn safe as a teacher when you're trying and pushing boundaries in a good way for kids. So um, that would be definitely my big parting message to, to if teachers are listening to this. Go and push those boundaries delicately. But if you're a principal listening to this, hey, find those teachers and walk up to them. You know who they are. Go up to them and say, hey, man, I want you to take some more risks. What would it look like to have a little bit more fun in, in your job 
uh, and then also push yourself into new areas and deliberately try things that you have no idea what you're doing, but you're going to learn anyway, and then model that behavior and just go have fun with it. Yeah, I love that approach. And I, I'm thinking of three teachers that I'm going to go up and talk to awesome. and say, take a few more risks. Awesome. <laughs> so I, I know they're ready and I'm definitely going to get your started up intro course for one of my teachers who is ready and just needs a little bit more guidance and fluidity. So I think that that's, uh, that's going to be good. You talked about uh, earlier on, you're starting out with 20% time and what you're doing is a full-time class. So it's not 20% time for you, but it's a little bit closer to 20% time for kids. When you're doing that, that's really just one day a week. Is no. that enough time no. for a teacher to really get no. into it? <laughs> I, this is what so I'm really opinionated and really passionate about this. And I, I've made a couple people mad, but 20% time, in my humble opinion, is not good enough for high school. I just, it drives me nuts. Uh, this is great when you can interweave it in your in, in elementary. It, it is It gives them the taste. You know, part of your school day is about the things that you really, really enjoy and want to know more about. Um, I think the great gateway, I shouldn't say gateway drug, but the great gateway thing in, in elementary is like Minecraft. They will go nuts on it. They will learn more that you can get into Redstone and all this other stuff and, and they'll go crazy. By the time they're, in, in my opinion, in middle school, especially if you're if you're teamed in middle school, you can share this responsibility with the team, but you should start giving it a little bit more time. I personally think it should be its own class by middle school, or at least by seventh or eighth grade. By high school, there should be a part of your day every day, or if you're on block, every other day, to where you are actively pursuing your thing. And I think it's entrepreneurial at that point. You know, I'm not, this isn't my ideology. This is Tina Seelig. She's talked about the difference between imagination, creativity, innovation, entrepreneurship. Everybody has an imagination. The level of engagement is creativity. If you get really creative and you start thinking of things that haven't been done before, or at least to you, that's innovation. And those cool ideas that you're doing, if you can bring them to the rest of the public, that's entrepreneurship. That's the level I want. Kids in kindergarten have the greatest imaginations. Let's get them more creative in grade school. Great. Let's level up in middle school to true innovation. Great. By high school, they can be true innovative entrepreneurs, not entrepreneurs selling lemonade. And I, and I love those lemonade day things. But imagine like we have this tax-based hub that people can get together and exchange the greatest ideas in the world. And instead of being in isolation and being in competition with each other and you see who has the best GPA, we could have an innovative hub that is tax-funded and come up with some of the greatest ideas for your town that you've ever dreamed of if we give them the resources and the time to do it. Or we can just have them sit in isolation and compete against one another. I mean, and, and not to say that that bashes all class. I still think there's – I still am a very big fan of, of a lot of core classes. I, I'm not trying to replace. I'm only trying to enhance. I, I still think that they need the math and the science and the social studies. And God knows we need communication skills more than ever now. But one part of your day should be about unbridled innovation entrepreneurship. Boom. <laughs> Drop the mic. I think that that is a, a powerful place for us to end. And now the real question is, what's one thing that we can do starting this week to be a better leader, to be a transformative principal, to make this happen? Um, if, especially if you're going to be, if, I'm not sure when this is airing, but there's a great time to always start off anew. January 1st, everybody has that, you know, starting anew. If you were a principal, 
uh, seriously, <laughs> and, and, and try not to start rumors of you playing favorites because we know how jealous you can get. But go to those teachers that already you, – you're listening to this, and you were half listening to me because you were stuck, and you're like, I know who's talking about. And you're already starting to formulate in your head who those three to five or ten teachers are. Go to them and say, I got this crazy idea. I got this wacky idea. I want you to deliberately and then fill in your own blank and things that you really want to push them past and let them have fun. Should they need any help? I mean this sincerely. Um, you can contact me, Don, D-O-N, at startedupinnovation.com. The full package of all four of our classes aren't quite up and ready yet, but you can go to startedupinnovation.com as well and, and start you know looking into some of the resources we have. Our podcast will be up very soon. I want you to start listening to these thought leaders in in the startup world, the entrepreneur world. And then, uh, you know, gosh, let me know how I can help, especially <laughs> especially as they try things and then they're greatly oh, – I hate to say this. When you start things like this, it gets worse before it gets better. And that's the really tough yeah. part. When you all of a sudden you're like, hey, kids, who wants to do things that you've always wanted? And they're like, I do. And like, okay, what are you going to do? I don't know. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Uh, when you get that wall, seriously, when you hit that wall, contact me. Contact me. I will. I will talk you through it, and then we'll be able to share. And I also, that's where started up is headed. I'm less concerned about. I, I basically want to. Um, I want to provide a, a community. I want to start a dialect where we can start bouncing things off of one another uh, to be a support. I want to, you know, have guests like on my podcast. You can say, hey, you should listen to Naveen Jane or, hey, there's an opportunity for you to do X, Y, and Z. And then this community, we're going to build and, and share what innovation means for education. Yeah, I love it. And what is the name of your podcast? Start Ed Up Podcast. Nice. Um, yeah. We're talking, and our first 15 guests are some just amazing startup people. I'm shocked with who we've been able to connect with, and um, my gosh, providing opportunities for our students to, you know, like Tim Ferriss called our class the other day. How cool. I hope you know who that is. Wow. Um, yes, that's yeah, amazing. Well, yeah, I mean, well, Naveen Jain is among my favorite persons now in the world, and, and you know, getting uh, for him to connect with my students and all these really great startup people that I think are, are really influential and, and fantastic. So, yeah, well, that is awesome. Thank you so much. I'll make sure I put a link to that uh, podcast in the show notes because this will come out in January sometime. So, awesome. thank you so much, Don. I appreciate your time. Thank you. That was a great interview with Don. I uh, really appreciate learning from him and helping him helping us know how to do innovation in our schools. And, you know, one of the things that we talked about after we were done was how powerful it is when we can really do these things in our schools. And I, I hope that you will take action and not just listen to this and say, oh, that was cool. So what is the thing that you're going to do to take action on improving this? I'll tell you one thing that I did is I bought the innovation crash course for one of my teachers who's ready for it. I'm going to find some other teachers and I'm going to talk to them and see what they need from me as far as support goes to help them be more innovative. So I hope you can do the same. Please do something with this information and, and make your life better because of what you're listening to today. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day. Transformative Principal is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators by educators. Visit edupodcastnetwork.com for more great podcasts. Do you want to simplify your school's technology? Save teachers time? 
improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master's schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.